I just went and sat at the bus stop by myself and I said a prayer to Heavenly Father. And I remember like, I said it out loud and I literally said, what more can I do? Hello, my name's Blair Murphy and this is The Bishop's Office, a podcast where I talk to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints about their conversion, missionary service and life experiences. This week I'm speaking to Oliver Robertson about his mission in Manchester, England. I hope you enjoy it. Well, Ollie, good to catch up with you today and talk about your mission. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am doing great. Well, where shall we begin, Ollie? Actually, you, we should do what we always do. Why don't you tell us where you served and when you served, and then we can um, jump in and find out a, bit, a little bit more about your pre-mission life. Ah, uh, easy. Um, well, I served in the England Manchester mission, and I served from June 2016, and I came home in June 2018. That was a long time ago. That's all relative, isn't it, Ollie? <laughs> so uh, that's good. Um, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about, for those of us who don't know, um, what's your, your family situation? I know mum's a convert to the church, but what was your experience growing up in the church? What things stand out to you um, as you reflect back on, on those days? I guess some things that stand out to me, well, just a bit of background. So yeah, my mum is a convert to the church. She was actually baptised by missionaries when she moved to Australia from China um, in Sydney. So she said she met missionaries in Sydney. And so she is a member. My stepdad is not a member of the church, but he does go to church every week. It was good growing up in the church, to be fair. Um, I think I didn't really have as much family support as I think other people would have had, just because like mum sort of didn't go to church for a while as well when I was younger um and so what really helped me go to church was actually the young men um they always encouraged me and brother Mark Rice actually picked me up every Sunday for church so I wouldn't be late and I thought I could pass the sacrament when I was like 12 and 13 so that was really good actually when brother Rice was picking you up what was your feeling about that were you happy about that or was it kind of like oh you know now I have to go to church and all that sort of stuff what what was going through your head well, I think at first when I was a bit younger, I didn't really quite enjoy church as much. And so I didn't really like going. But as I went into like youth and young men's, um, we had a really good deacons quorum. And so I was good friends with everyone in our deacons quorum. So I was actually quite excited um, every Sunday to go to church. So I could really just to see my friends. I think when I was a bit younger, I didn't really have that strong of a testimony. So it was more like, yeah, I get to see my friends and all this stuff, but also like have a good time learning about the gospel and then how did your testimony start to develop do you recall any experiences that you know really confirmed to you that the church was true there isn't like any specific experience where i was like whoa dang the church is true like kind of thing like alma the younger or whatever um but it was just like little experiences here and there and then some big events that happened like trek um, was always a good experience. The thing about Trek is like you go out there and you have nothing, like you don't have a phone. I think when you don't have the distractions, you really kind of are able to connect with Heavenly Father and really like ponder the gospel more. And so I think those experiences like Trek or like youth camps and stuff, I was able to like really, I guess, feel the spirit without the distractions of like a phone or like social media or things like that. And so I think I remember those experiences quite well as testimony experiences, just because I was able to um, feel the spirit more. And so was, was a mission always on the cards for you, something you always wanted to, to do? 
I guess it's like always drilled into you. It's always like spoken about um, when you're growing up, like in primary and in young men's. I didn't really like think about it too, too hard when I was younger because I was like, oh, mission's like, you know, when I'm 18, so that's still like six years away or whatever. Like I'll probably like think about it when I'm like two years away. So I didn't really like think about it while I was younger, but I always like wanted to go, but not like really had a, strong or deep think about yeah i actually want to go on a mission kind of thing and i guess during that time there are a bunch of people who were going and coming back you know what did you observe about them and the the benefits of serving a mission um well yeah i definitely saw a lot of like young men in priests that like when i was like 12 or 13 and they were a bit older than me um people like johnny Bonellick and things like that that um went on a mission and things like that and i saw how their personality didn't change but like how their testimony was a lot stronger after their mission and how they were just like a lot more loving towards other people. And I think that's something that I really saw in like a lot of people that went on a mission and came back. Was there anything in particular that you felt that really prepared you to serve a mission? Yeah, I think having a really good priest quorum, it was always really good because we were really good friends and we just all encouraged each other and shared spiritual experiences like, James, he invited each of us every Sunday to share like a missionary experience or something along the lines of that. And so like every week we try and go out and have missionary experiences so we could, that we could share. And I think that really prepared me to serve a mission was just being encouraged to have small missionary experiences in everyday life along the way. So tell me about receiving your call. So when I received my call, I was actually in China. And so back then they came in the post. I was in China and I got my cold and I like didn't know about it. And so when I got home in the morning after like a 10 hour flight or something, so I was pretty wrecked and I found my cold in the post. And so I like messaged everyone. I was like, oh yeah, I got my cold. And I, we all went over to Caleb's house and yeah, I just opened it there in front of everyone. I think I was real scared when I started reading it. Cause I was like, what have I just done? Like, I've just signed my life away for two years, going to some random place, talking to like other people about the gospel. And so like, I was really scared, but as I opened my call, as I read it out, and as I like saw where I was going, it was more of a relief, like more of a peaceful kind of feeling. And I feel like the spirit really just comforted me in that time to know that this was the right thing that I was doing in my life. How did your mum and stepdad react to your call what did they think about you going over there well when i got my call mum was in china so she was still there and so i just told her about it and she was like really excited i'm not too sure where she was at at that time i think she wasn't actually going to church a lot but she was really happy for me and i think that really helped her actually start thinking about her own testimony and where she was at and so i think a few months later she started going to church every week and so that was really good so what should we know about these English people that live in Manchester? Describe the mission in terms of people and culture for us. I love the people of England. I love the people of Manchester. I think culture-wise, it's really similar to Australia. Like the humour is really similar, like dry, sarcastic kind of thing. And so like the people are so great. And especially like they loved Australians. People-wise, culture-wise, it's just really similar. Like the English people, they come off really like, I guess, cold or whatever, but they're actually really friendly people when you get to know them. So how did you find adjusting to missionary life then? I thought I was going to have a problem with it, like 
before I left. Like I was really scared about like the routine and like going out and talking to people every day. Not that I was a shy person before, but like, you know, I talk to my friends and that's it. And so I thought I'd be really scared about like going over there, living with another person and like talking to people. But I found like I adjusted pretty quickly um, to missionary life. It was a lot better than I expected it to be. Just like being with your companion every day, like it was actually fun. And I quite, I quite enjoyed it. It was like a sleepover, like every day. <laughs> and like, obviously you don't have your parents to tell you what to do. That part was like actually really good. I quite enjoyed looking after myself. And like the talking to people aspect, my trainer literally just like forced me to do it. First person on the street for my first day, he's like, we stopped this person as we were walking out of our apartment. And he's like, hey, how are you? And then he just looked at me and then he stopped talking. So I actually had to say stuff like I actually had to talk. So he kind of just like threw me in the deep end and it worked out quite well, actually. Like I adjusted pretty quickly. That's great. I love just imagining the, uh, the absolute terror that you must have been faced with, with like absolutely no warning, right? Yeah. It was like, I struggled to like find my words. I probably sounded like I did not speak English. (laughs) <laughs> like they probably looked at me and was like, you probably don't speak English. And then they heard me speak and they were probably like, yeah, you don't speak English. So, <laughs> oh, That's funny. Um, so as you reflect back on your mission, what do you think sort of the key lessons were that you learned from that time over there? There's so many things I learned. And I think like, oh, it's so hard to narrow it down. Um, but if I were to narrow some down, I would have to say I learned humility i learned what how to truly love someone and i think i learned how to like really have faith and i think those three things were so important like i didn't realize i had to learn those things before but now looking at it like during my mission and afterwards i realized that like those i think were the key lessons for me to have learned on a mission for the rest of my life those things will help me for the rest of my life. Awesome. Maybe we could extract an experience on those themes, you know, on that first one of humility, is there a particular experience that really taught you that? Oh, yeah. There's like one that I remember so clearly to this day. It's probably one of the most powerful spiritual experiences I've ever had. I think it like happened probably like nine months into my mission. So like my first six months were, like I said, I adjusted well to missionary life and that's true but I didn't quite enjoy my mission much um, at the start. And so like I was in this area where it was like just me and my companion. And so we didn't have any other missionaries around us. So like every, every day, every week, like it was just us two. And then after like the first 12 weeks, my, my mission president was like, Oh yeah. Can you train a new missionary? And so that was like, well, okay, what am I doing? Like I just got here. And so I had to train this new missionary and it turns out he eventually had to go home after 10 weeks. And so that was really hard for me to deal with that. And then I got transferred to a new area and we just had no success. So my first like couple months were just, they were pretty, pretty bad. And it was the middle of winter as well. And so like the sun comes up at like 9am and goes down at like four. So there's barely any sunlight. You know, not, you're not getting your vitamin D. And like what made things worse was like it always rain in England. 
there was no point in using an umbrella because the rain would just like blow onto your pants and stuff and you'd still get wet. So you're just holding an umbrella and you're still wet. So there's no point. So you just like get drenched anyway. You just put a raincoat on, but you still get drenched. And so like every day, like you'd go home at nine and you'd just be wet. And like, we had no success at all for like three months straight. Like we'd just knock on doors and I don't know, there was something about English people, but like when, apparently when it's dark, it's too late to knock on their door. Yeah, like 4 p.m., people, like, come to the door and be like, why are you knocking on my door this time? Like, I'm about to go to bed. And I'm like, bro, it's 4 p.m. Like, what? Like, you literally probably just got home from, like, work or something like that. And so, like, people were just, like, real, like in a bad mood when it's winter, which I understand. Like, it's always raining. It's always dark and miserable. Like, it's just a classic, like, stereotypical English winter. And so, like, there was just one day where, like, I was just like, what am I doing here? We had no success, no one to teach. I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, why am I even here? It's been nine months. What, like, is this the whole point of a mission? It's just like knock on doors. And so I remember, like, we were heading home. I was drenched. I was soaking wet. Uh, I just got to the bus stop with my companion. I was like furious. He was from Italy, so he didn't really talk much. Um, and so, like, I just went and sat at the bus stop by myself and I said a prayer to Heavenly Father. And I remember, like, I said it out loud and I literally said, Dear Heavenly Father, what more can I do? I'm keeping the mission rules. I'm like praying every day. I'm reading the scriptures. I'm like praying about where to go. Like, what more can I do? And as soon as I said, like, what more can I do? I heard this voice in my head so strong. And the words were, there's nothing that you can do by yourself. You have to rely on me and you have to rely on the Savior, Jesus Christ. And as, as soon as I heard those words, I was like, well, I realized that I was relying on my own strength and my own personal talents and things of like talking to people. And I realized that I wasn't relying on Heavenly Father. Like I thought I was, but at that moment when I said, what more can I do? I realized that I was thinking about what more can I do, but I wasn't actually thinking, how can Heavenly Father help me? And so that was a real humbling experience. I was like, well, I can't do anything. There's nothing I can do in this life that will ever bring me any success. Like the only success comes from relying on Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And so that was a real powerful experience to me. And like, like I didn't start having success straight away, but my whole like outlook on my mission, outlook on what I was doing every day changed and so that, that was like the turning point in my mission. I love that you said that prayer out loud too. Like just at that point, you didn't care anymore, right? You're sitting in the rain yeah. and up, your companion standing right next to you and you're at, you're at rock bottom, right? Yeah, I was so done. Like I was like, oh, well, I should just go home. Like what's the whole point? No, thanks for sharing that. So I think the next but, thing on your list was about love. Have you got an experience that taught you about love? Uh, yeah, I was... Again, in an area, I was like outcast, like I was banished to like Northern Wales. So like, this is the right edge of my mission. And like one day me and my companion were just like knocking doors, talking to people on the street. And like, we came across this one man and he just like, like we met him on the street and straight away he was like, he poured his heart out to us. Like he was going through a rough time. He just lost a parent. And then like, I think he was getting divorced or something like that. He was just like rock bottom in his life and we were just like oh like sorry to hear all these things and we were like talking to him and like as I was talking to him I just felt this 
unbelievable feeling of love towards that man. I'd never seen him before. I just had the spirit pour out just so much love for that man. And I realized that at that time, that Heavenly Father just has so much love for all of his children, no matter who he is. And that like we can feel that love if we look at other people through the eyes of the Savior, through the eyes of Heavenly Father. And so like we talked to him and we like, you know, gave him our contact number and things like that. And, but he never called back. But like afterwards, as I reflected on that experience, I was like, we still helped that man. Like we helped him, made him feel better. He felt Heavenly Father's love for him through us. And so like, I'll forever remember that feeling of love. I've never felt that pure love of Christ for someone before in my life until that moment. And then I realized that that's just like an inkling of how much Heavenly Father loves us. Like we can't experience that fully yet. I love these experiences that are from sort of an outsider's perspective, measurably a failure, right? You spoke to this guy and um, he didn't give you a return appointment or you didn't end up speaking to him. He didn't get baptized and all of that sort of stuff. But God has given you this gift of a taste of his pure love that he has for each of his children, right? And it changes you, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Um, and so I think the third on your list was about faith. What did you learn about faith on your mission? I think there's just so many different um, moments that I can remember, but there was one in particular. It was more like faith in your priesthood leaders, faith in revelation. And so what happened was this happened towards the end of my mission. Like when I have was like six months ago, I got sent to this area. It was called Oldham. And so I got sent to this area and I was kind of like, not happy about it because just before I'd been serving in this heaps good area, Liverpool, I was serving in Liverpool, you know, love the people, the football stadium there, you know, had plenty of missionaries, like the work was real good. And I got sent to this area called Oldham, which was a bit smaller, um, a bit more country. But a year ago, like towards the start of my mission, I served in, in an area close to Oldham. And so at the start of my mission, I went with another missionary to Oldham and I talked to this girl, she was about like 22 or 23. And I spoke to her on the street and I talked to her about the Book of Mormon, the gospel. And she, she told me how she was like looking for a church or whatever, uh, looking for some answers in life. And so I gave her the missionaries that were serving in that area. I gave her their contact details and I was like, just talk to them. Like they'll, they'll help you out. And I just never heard anything about it ever since. And then I got sent to this exact area like a year after. One day I was like scrolling through. We have this like book of like everyone's contact details that we've talked to. And so I was just looking through it one day. I was like, to just to see if like there's anyone like I know or like anyone we can like contact again. And so I saw, saw this name in here. It's like this, this person's name that I talked to. And I remembered like a year ago, I was like, oh, I remember talking to her. Like she was really cool. We had a really good conversation. And so I read like, you know, what the missionaries wrote down and they said that they they saw her for like two or three times. They like taught her, but then she wasn't really interested. And so I was like, okay. Um, but it didn't have her address or phone number or anything like that in the book. But luckily at that time, we like our mission had just got Facebook. So before my mission, I was pretty good at Facebook stalking people, you know, like I could find anyone. And so like put those skills into practice, searched her name on Facebook, found her, added her as a friend. 
I messaged her. I was like, hey, like, we're the missionaries. I spoke to you like a year ago. I don't know if you remember me, but like, is it okay if we talk to you more about the gospel? Like, just just catch up and like see what what you've learned and things like that. And so she was like, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Like, um, and so we 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 spoke to her, and then we continued to teach her and to meet up with her, and eventually she got baptized. And then after that, we started teaching her brother, and he got baptized too. And so. I was like, whoa, like afterwards I looked back and I was like, whoa, that was all part of the plan. Like, I don't know. Emily father, like, I don't know why I even doubted you at the start, but that was all part of the plan. And so that was like a real like learning experience for me to have faith and trust in revelation. Maybe it wasn't revelation given directly to me, but it was revelation for me given to my mission president. That's super cool. I, I just love these experiences where you can just so clearly see the Lord's hand. Like you can't call that a coincidence, right? Some yeah. random woman on the street a year later happened to find her details, then happened to stalk her on Facebook. Then she happens to be yeah. happy to meet up and get baptized and her brother. Like it's just, it's just too much, right? Like it's, um, yes. it's so good. Well, as you think back on your mission, is there anything else, any other experiences that, that you wanted to share with us at the moment? I think there's one more experience that really stuck out to me and that taught me a specific principle. This specific experience taught me that we really live with God before we came to earth, like we were all brothers and sisters. I was serving in a YSA ward, but like this was the most sought after area on the mission, I swear. Middle of Manchester, like three universities around us. Our church building was just like an office building, like four stories, had an elevator, chapel on the first level, lobby on the ground level, baptismal font on the like below ground and like, like a rec hole at the top. So it was like the dream area. And so I got called to this area and we used to do like these displays on the street where it kind of looked like we were selling things. You know, when you like walk down like, the mall and things and people have like stands with like banners and stuff so that's what we did every day um we just like had set up this like display on the street and we just like talk to university students and i remember talking to this um one girl um she was from singapore and i invited her to come to church to talk to us further about the gospel and she was like okay and so like Whenever we had someone interested, we'd always try and find a couple members that we could bring with us so that they could like be friends and like fellowship with these new people that we were trying to teach. Um, and so we brought these two other Chinese girls that were actually like recently baptized a couple months ago to our first discussion with this girl. Her name was Janice. And straight away, Janice and the two girls that we brought had this connection. Like they just became instant friends. And like all throughout, like us teaching Janice and we brought these two girls and like through a conversion process, like these three would be like so tight. You'd like think they were like friends their whole lives, really. Mm -hmm. like they were that close. We had so much fun together. You know, Janice eventually got baptized, but that's not like, that's not the important part of the story. Like what for me, the important part was realizing that we really live with Heavenly Father and there's people that we were friends with before in this life. Like, I don't know if I like, I don't know if that's like specific like doctrine or whatever, but that's just something that I, I realized was like, we could have been friends before this life. And I came here and like, I've never seen people just connect so well before. And so like that experience to me really like made me realize that, you know, 
we really did live with Heavenly Father before, that we're all brothers and sisters and that we're all connected to each other. No matter who they are, where they're from, you know, we're all connected and we all like knew each other before this life. Hey, um, maybe just to sort of bring things to a bit of a close, your brother yeah. Alex is in his late teens and um, you've got Will, your youngest brother as well. So Alex is um, getting to an age where he um, is thinking about and preparing for a mission. Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone in his shoes? I think something that I would say would be to start preparing now. If you even if you're like not thinking about a mission or like oh it's two years away, the experiences that you have now will help you realize eventually that you want to serve a mission. Um, I think like it's so much harder for me. I made that decision when I was 16 to serve a mission, and when I was time when I was 18, it was so much easier to put in my papers. Like I feel like if you haven't made a decision, um, like it's so much harder to go when you're 18 and you're like, hmm, should I go on a mission? Hmm, like I have uni, I have this, I have this. I have a good job right now. It's so much harder um, to like actually want to go when you haven't made that decision. And I think for me, like when I was 16, I really like tried to find out and tried to know if the gospel was true. When you have real strong spiritual experiences, that's what makes you want to share the gospel. Like if you don't have a testimony of the gospel, you won't want to share it. But if you have a testimony of the gospel, I can guarantee you that you will want to share it. Like if you really have a strong testimony of the gospel, if you felt the Savior's love for you, if you felt the atonement work in your life, I think that's the key to wanting to share the gospel. And I think if I was to say anything, I would say like put yourself in a position to feel the atonement working your life. And if you do that, I know that you'll want to go on a mission. I know that you want to share that feeling that you have with other people. Hey, um, it's been great hearing about your mission in Manchester and, uh, and the lessons that you learned over there. Thanks for taking the time. No, good, Bishop. Thanks for having me. Well, as per usual, some more great experiences facilitated by the mission. That's all I have for you this week until I speak to you again here in the Bishop's Office.